Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hello, and welcome back to Brand Week, the podcast. Today, we have a very special interview with Crystal Wortham, Director of Global Audience Marketing at Meta, and Ashling Ryan, Founder and Managing Partner of the Sustainability Practice at Ogilvy Consulting and WPP United Nations Lead. My name is Al Manorino. I am a senior producer here at the Ad Week Podcast Network, and I'm so glad to have both of you here with me today. Welcome, Ashling and Crystal. Thank you. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about sustainability in business. But be- before we get into that, because we have a lot to discuss today, we'd just love to know a little bit about both of you and how you got to where you are in both Meta, Meta and Ogilvy. So uh, I'll start with Ashling. Um, so how did you get here and uh, what are you doing at the uh, sustainability practice? Thank you. So I joined the industry about 28 years ago, uh, and uh, I, I suppose as a as a global strategist uh, working in in advertising companies. I've been with WPP for the last 12 years, and over that time, I became very very passionate about sustainability. Um, and, and I'm probably best known for two campaigns that we ran, uh, one around stopping the ivory trade, which was called Join the Herd, and the other, the People Seat and Act Now for the United Nations. And I founded the practice in uh, 2018, uh, Ogilvy Consulting, and really, you know, it, it's incredible how much things have changed in that short period of time and how sustainability has really become an essential part of absolutely all of WPP's business now and every client's business. Uh, so what we do is we are really passionate about working in powerful partnership to accelerate impact. We work very much at an intersection of stakeholders with governments, with corporates, with NGOs, and really try to accelerate that impact. Yeah, so very, very, very happy to be here. It's. I think it's a very poignant at this moment when there are a lot of strong headwinds and uh, clients are trying to navigate those strong headwinds to a more sustainable future. So how we build uh, resilience and how we will work together to help people achieve their, their goals is, is hugely important. And Crystal? Yeah. So like Ainsley, over two decades in this industry that we all love, but most of my time, I, 21 years of that, was spent at Ford Motor Company. So, you know, in the auto industry, you know, sustainability really isn't a nice to have. It's a must. Constantly trying to evolve itself to, you know, the next level of uh, not relying on gasoline engines and did a variety of campaigns through those years, whether it was about the company's sustainability efforts partnering with leading organizations in uh, going towards a more green future. Also, you know, even fun (laughs) campaigns, branded content campaigns where 
you know, celebrities and and uh, other creators are using electric vehicles to fulfill riders for concerts. So just a variety of different things through the years, um, working closely with our sustainability team and a lot of our marketing efforts there. And it's really interesting, again, to see the revolution of that industry going towards a much greener future. And also looking at things like uh, last mile solutions that don't involve cars at all and autonomous vehicles, things like that. So that's where I spent the bulk of my career. And I have been with Meta now for about two and a half years, which is uh, has been a fantastic experience. And in my role of global audience marketing, part of that is working with the partners, um, whether it be client side, our agency holding companies, industry trades, on trying to move our industry forward together. So whether that's the type of messaging that's on our platforms that our partners want to put on, whether it's all of us getting together and making commitments towards sustainability, towards diversity, equity, and inclusion, those types of things where we can partner with and hopefully lead the industry into a more sustainable future. Excellent. And Meta just released their 2021 sustainability report. So where where is Meta on its sustainability journey as a company right now? And what are some of the highlights from the report? Yeah, well, I'm super proud to say, again, coming from a 117-year-old industry to, you know, like a 17, 18-year-old industry, it's it's a totally different experience. And Meta has just done a phenomenal job as it relates to being on this journey. So starting actually in 2020, our global operations, so scope one and two, so that means the things that we can actually control within our company, we've reached net zero greenhouse gas emissions. So we're super excited about the fact that we're already at that point in our goal, but we continue to have ambitious goals to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions across the value chain. And that's what's called in the industry scope three. So when you look at supply base and the like, so we're looking at achieving that goal by about 2030, which of course is um, uh, the industry the industry standard right now. And then we're also committed to accelerating renewable industry, the renewable energy transition. And as of 2020, our global operations are supported by 100% renewable energy. So it's been super exciting to be on this journey with Meta and to be able to kind of leverage the position that we're in to be able to work even more closely with our partners. But it's interesting, you know, we don't, for example, I'm coming from an industry that was, you know, producing big products and things like that versus um, a digital platform. So one of the other things as far as sustainability is concerned is the fact that people can share information all over the world, billions of people every day. So one of the things that's really important to us is also kind of misinformation and removing misinformation on platforms to make sure that collectively people around the globe are engaged in thoughtful conversation that's science-based. So in 2020, we launched our Climate uh, climate Science Center to connect people with science-based information on climate change. So we work with some of the world's best um, fact checkers. So we've got 90 independent fact checking organizations that actually reviews climate related content in more than 60 languages. 
So we're super excited about that. And we also do a variety of different grant programs to help fact checkers remove flag misinformation across our platform. So not only is it important that we manage kind of the scope one and two commitments of net zero greenhouse gas, but also on the other side, the things that actually, you know, life happens on our platforms that we need to make sure that we provide science-based information on climate change across our platforms. Incredible. And Ashley, uh, WPP is the world leader in marketing services. Where are you in your sustainability journey? Yeah. So, uh, as you said, as one of the world leaders in marketing services, we really feel that we can play a powerful role in, in, in helping to tackle the climate crisis. So we're working at that in a number of ways. With regards to reducing our emissions, we've committed to reaching net zero emissions in our own operations by 2025 and across our supply chain by 2030. Um, so to you know really deliver this, we've set emissions reduction targets very much in line with the Paris Climate Agreement, and they're you know approved by the Science-Based Target Initiative to really reduce those operational emissions by 84 percent by twenty five, and then supply chain emissions by fifty percent by twenty thirty. And this actually also includes media buying, which is actually over half of our total footprint. So. So this is um, a huge uh, commitment, and, and I believe that uh, WPP has been the first holding company and the first uh, media company to make that that commitment. So we are the only one, in fact, to be doing so. And uh, to make this happen, we have created our own carbon calculator, uh, which is very much the linchpin of our media decarbonisation programme. And we're using that to determine the emissions impact of our media plans uh, and help our clients to understand the impact of their media plans and really to help reduce them. And what we've also done is we've open sourced our methodology. So we're sharing that um, and we want to drive broad industry adaptation um, and adoption of that. And, and really so that we can accelerate and move faster together. So with that in mind, the commitments and progress made by Meta really help us in, in, a, in a couple of ways. You know, firstly, they're helping to deliver those less carbon intense ad loads. And secondly, they, they're really setting an example for lesser resource publishers to follow with respect to their sustainable supplier uh, strategies, you know, and, and that we can all achieve broader progress in the future. And, and I think finally, I think a really important point that Crystal mentioned earlier is really we also recognize the role that we have to play in preventing misinformation that we can play in, in preventing that very importantly. So, you know, with that in mind, Group M and WPP co-founded the Global Alliance for Responsible Media GARM, you know, that really recognizes that user safety precedes brand safety. And GARM is bringing together large social platforms, including Meta and agencies and advertisers and uh, verification providers, um, you know, with a very much a common goal to address human safety. And GARM is jointly defined, you know, has uh, developed different categories of harmful content and established requirements for really transparent reporting of the platforms against these categories. So for instance, one of those is, is misinformation, another is around, around climate change. So with regards to misinformation, it's defined as the presence of 
verifiably false or willfully misleading content that is directly connected to users or societal harm and and obviously really establishing guardrails for, for, for user safety also in the metaverse as we move forward into that and as i mentioned with regards to climate change then there's a you know a a, a list uh, to harmful content sites and and app exclusion list as well. So, so really, that's something we're working with very closely. With all this in mind, would you reduce business with suppliers who are not environmentally responsible? Well, one of the things that we believe at WPP and and, and Group M is that we have a, a due diligence process to help select suppliers that really meet our responsible sourcing standards. And, and our aim is to work with those who do meet those standards to really positive influence the, the wider supply chain. And there are several standards, for instance, that uh, they're required to meet, um, including you know, labor practices such as anti-harassment and discrimination and health and safety, um, important human rights standards, such as you know, avoiding uh, modern slavery issues such as child, you know, forced or bonded labor, important social impacts such as anti-bribery and corruption, and, and then, you know, other crucial sustainability issues. And with regards to partner selection, we have a strong preference towards partners who are who are making better decisions. And that's that's something really, really important for us. And, uh, you know, really our goal ultimately is to is to make a collective difference and work with new and existing partners to to really drive positive change. So our approach is very much orientated around a reduction first mentality versus a um, offsetting mentality. And with this in mind, we look you know, to to give preference um, and, and have preference investment towards those who really help us meet our goals of, of net zero carbon emissions. And Crystal, from what I'm hearing, we can see that one of the reasons Meta invests so much in sustainable practices beyond being a responsible corporate citizen is because clients seem to really care. What about your platform users? What's the pulse more generally on the public's view of climate change and these issues? You know, that's a wonderful question, because as I mentioned, you know, there's there's billions of people around the world on all of these platforms. And we do tons of research on a variety of topics, sustainability, of course, being one. And we've recently published results of one of our biggest studies ever. So it's about public views towards climate change in partnership with Yale University. And it was March or April of this year, or March and April of this year, And we sampled over 100,000 Facebook users from nearly 200 countries and territories. And they were asked about uh, their knowledge of climate change, attitudes, behavior towards, um, and what types of things should be done to address them. Now, the great news is the majority of people in nearly all countries surveyed say they are somewhat or very worried about climate change. And the good news isn't that they're worried about it. The good news is that they're aware of it. Also, one of the things that was really interesting was nine out of 10 respondents in many countries in Central and South America were very aware and worried about climate change. So one of the things that everyone is constantly concerned about is has the alarm been sounded? Are people aware? Do people recognize what's going on um, with the climate around the world? 
And what our survey in partnership with Yale told us is absolutely resounding yes around the world. So a couple of examples of that. So there was a question on, is climate change happening? Just a basic, you know, is it actually happening? So when you look at countries like Hungary, Portugal, Costa Rica, they all hovered around 95% of the respondents that said, yes, absolutely, climate is happening. But on the other side of the scale, you have countries like Laos and Haiti and Bangladesh that were around 70%. So about a 20 to 25 point delta between different countries around the world that acknowledge that climate change is actually happening. But one of the things that was really interesting to see is that while it was evidently a big concern for uh, the public around the world, a majority still say that they don't hear about climate change at least once a week in their daily lives. And that's where we have to continue to push, 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 push the subject all around the world. And that would include us in the market, you know, all of us in the marketing industry, our clients, our whole co-partners. But one of the bright lights is, of course, Europeans are saying likely, they're most likely to hear about climate change at least once a week. So when you compare that to other regions around the world, and we see that in general, that even when you go to Europe, the the use of plastics, the variety of things that are done, you know, plastic bags, plastic bottles, there's a variety of things that the public has subscribed to that people really haven't subscribed to around the world. So while it's disappointing that um, the public around the world still feels like they don't hear about climate change at least once a week or those types of concerns once a week. There's a bright light in Europe with a lot of the sustainable practices that are going on and the sustainable sustainability messaging that's going on that shows that that's where the trend is going. So all good news from the public. That's fascinating. Yeah, just even from the Adweek perspective, we were reporting on, you know, brands being more sustainable. We were having events, we were having, uh, we had even issues dedicated to it, but it wasn't until I believe like last year where we we actually hired a sustainability editor because right. of everything that is happening uh, in our industries and in the world. And it, it really needs to, you know, there needs to be more of a light shed upon it. So Ashley, do you think agencies and brands have a responsibility to educate the public about climate change and actions they can take? I feel like from an AVI perspective, definitely, but I'd love to hear from, from the agencies and brand side. Absolutely. It's something that we feel really, really strongly about. And for instance, at Ogilvy Consulting, the sustainability practice and our behavioral science practice work very, very closely with that. But more broadly, across the whole of WPP, uh, we feel that making credible, authentic and impactful sustainability communications is really one of the most powerful ways to accelerate a sustainable future. And interestingly, Sir David Attenborough, uh, when he launched his own um, Instagram feed uh, and also when he was speaking at, at COP26, highlighted that actually saving the planet is primarily a communications challenge. And I, and I think that that's, that that's really very, very true. Uh, and with regards to the IPCC, they have recognised that behaviour change has actually the potential to reduce global emissions by somewhere between 40 and 70% by 2050, which is really very significant. 
And I think, you know, when we talk about managing different stakeholders and managing what we call a triple license to to operate, it's really thinking about, you know, what is the responsibility of consumers? What is the responsibility of government? And what's the responsibility of corporate, um, corporates and investors in that respect? And I think that the critical role that we can have is really educating consumers and, and influencing their behavior when it comes to sustainability. So uh, one of the things that Crystal mentioned earlier was you know, this huge intention action gap that exists. Um, and I mean, Kantar, one of our, our uh, sister companies, had a study that uh, the intention gap is 92% of people say that they want to live a more sustainable life, but only 16% are actually actively changing their behavior to do so and there are lots of barriers to that you know there's convenience there's affordability there's all sorts of things but you know i think we really need to work with with our clients and and with consumers to help them to and other stakeholders to really uh, help them to overcome those barriers and make those behavioral changes and also to see the you know the the Many people, I think, can sometimes become a bit delusioned or, you know, disillusioned with the thought that maybe their own individual actions don't add up too much. And I think that we need to really help people to understand the impact and the positive impact of their own actions as well. And I think we can also really educate consumers on the issues, you know, what products and services really do have a low carbon footprint um, and help them to take action. Uh, and I think, you know, that that's particularly true at the moment as people are navigating very much a cost of living crisis, the, you know, the rising energy, you know, costs and so forth. There's so many challenges that we have to overcome this perception that being sustainable is only really the purview of the of the wealthy or the affluent and and how to help people you know whether that's through less food waste or whatever it is that that can help them to to play their part and crystal is there an opportunity for a global standardized measurement for the industry to ensure they are doing their part to reduce emissions for sure Ashley mentioned, you know, orgs like GARM and the like, there's there's so many industry organizations now where we're actually coalescing around topics. So whether that is brand safety, youth safety, there's a variety of things that we're doing. So we're all not individually acting in silos, but we're coming together as a coalition of like minds, like brands to be able to actually make progress one of those organizations that we're working with is AdNet Zero. So this is another thing, like you mentioned, there's been a lot going on in the last couple of years, right? A lot of attention on the topic. So AdNet Zero was initiated in 2020 in the UK, and it's an industry coalition to reduce the carbon impact of advertising operations. So everything from development, production, distribution of advertising to real net zero by the end of 2030 and to harness the power of the ad industry to drive positive behavior change in support of a sustainable future. Now, that's really critical because, again, everybody has most big brands, most big holding companies have a a sustainability practice, but all of us acting individually may not progress us as 
fast as we need to progress unless we do it together. So, you know, as Ashling will will report, WPP is also one of the major partners um, and founding partners of AdNet Zero. So we're super excited about the actions that are going to take place. They've made tons of progress um, toward their five key actions relating to advertising business operations, production, media planning and distribution, events, as we know, is a big one, and harnessing advertising's power to support consumer behavior change, which Ashling talked a lot about as well, is we have the power of the message, um, and it's important that we use that in the right way. So one of the things that we did this year, back in uh, June, we kind of all got together at uh, CAN and made a solid commitment. So we joined their global steering committee, along with lots of different, you know, with the hold codes, platforms, trade associations to support AdNet Zero. And what they're looking to do is scale their pillars and resources globally. Like I mentioned, they started in the UK. So as we know, we're using Europe kind of as a best practice. And they're going to be scaling around the world. And in fact, in 2023, they're prioritizing their expansion in the U.S. So we're super excited about that. And then they've also, we we talked about the partnership with a variety of Holcos. And Ashling will probably talk a little bit about more about uh, the partnership with WPP. Great segue. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, how, yeah, how is WPP playing a part here for the industry? Yeah, well, uh, as Crystal mentioned, we were also founding members of the uh, AdNet Zero Working Group. And, um, you know, we've been trying to really build consistency within our industry, uh, you know, with regards to methodology and working alongside other other partners very closely within within the, the global working group. As I mentioned earlier, we've created an open source star media decarbonization and methodology. Um, and we've also been very hard at work in refining that calc, you know, carbon calculator to to really measure and reduce the emissions produced by media. And clients are, will also be able to access that um, emissions data, you know, for media planning and reporting, uh, so that they can really start to understand the the CO to, you know, equivalent impact of one channel versus another. And I think one of the things that we're really hoping to do is to be, to look at it at the media planning stage rather than at the offsetting afterwards after the fact, so to speak. And the next part of the program will be really twofold, driving mass adoption of that singular, you know, measurement methodology, really rallied by trade bodies and vendors and clients, and for the calculator to reflect the the vendor specifics so we can really reward good actors um, for improvements versus their peer set and you know as we mentioned earlier we will be very much showing preference towards those good actors and those who are really accelerating that transition to to net zero you know so all in all it's designed so that we can we can drive you know positive industry change so, so that's with regards to the AdNet Zero in terms of, you know, partnerships or platforms that we're using to, to sustain, our, you know, to work on sustainability issues. We are, you know, very much defining sustainability as both climate and tackling inequality. And we haven't spoken that much to this at the, this point. 
But with regards to climate, we are doing all sorts of things, including we have a, a partnership with UNFCCC and the UN, very much working with them. And, you know, we're hoping to do a big behavior change um, initiative uh, over the next year or so with regards to health, you know, and tackling inequality in healthcare. WPP has been working very closely with the WHO on, you know, really uh, the COVID response and communications there, but also in terms of access to affordable vaccines for low-income company uh, countries. And we also work with the UN Women and have been in partnership with them for over five years now on really trying to, to promote gender equality. We worked with them in the run-up to the uh, Generation Equality Forum, in you know also in partnership with the Mexican and French government, um, who were co-hosts of the, uh, the Generation Equality Forum, and very much supporting that behaviour change and doing everything that we can in terms of whether it's ERGs within our organisation. Uh, we have a, a racial equity programme where we've invested over 30 million and you know we're very much trying to uh, to take all of that learning and and um, bring that also to our clients. Uh, so, uh, with regards to uh, climate specifically and and actually Meta, we we have we have worked together on on various things, including hacks for good in the past, and we're we're also jointly doing the first sustainability hackathon. And we also worked very closely with Meta on the people seat and on the ACT Now launch for the United Nations. You know, and platforms are hugely important to the work that we've done with Decade of Health, for example, with numerous health partners, including the Gates Foundation. Uh, so, yes, it's uh, lots of lots and lots of different initiatives going on across, as they say, across climate and DE&I. Amazing. Sounds, you guys sound like you're very busy. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. And uh, fi finally, Crystal, we can't end this conversation without mentioning the metaverse. It's in the namesake of the brand. How does Meta think about sustainability as you build for the future, Web3 and beyond? Absolutely. I mean, of course, we can't, we can't end the conversation without talking about the metaverse. So in October of 2021, as most of you know, we, we did a, uh, a huge shift in strategy to not only work on our core business um, of connections, right, across all of our platforms, but also those connections that uh, may not be physical, that may be happening in the metaverse. So with that, as we've made, you know, like I said, we've made tons of commitments as it relates to uh, a sustainable future. And the metaverse is included, right? As you know, there's a lot of computing power that goes into that. And in 2021, so even starting last year, we began conducting LCA. So that's a life cycle analysis of our Reality Labs products. So those are the, the cool products like the uh, MetaQuest 2, so we can better understand the environmental impacts associated with each phase of the product life cycle. So materials, transportation, use phase, and end of life. So these LCAs will enable the teams to identify opportunities to incorporate 
all the things that we need to make sure that we can continue with our commitments. So our Reality Labs team has already started on the journey to move the needle towards reducing the carbon footprint of our products. So when you look at things like evaluating opportunities to incorporate plastics with uh, res- or and metals with recycled content, and as well as transitioning segments of our logistics network to lower carbon modes of transit, such as leveraging ocean freight instead of air freight. And then when you look at just the basics of how our customers use our products, in 2021, we launched our MetaQuest As Good As New program. So customers can actually purchase refurbished products, so kind of pre-loved products, including the Quest 1 and the Quest 2. So these devices will have like the same features, performance, and quality, but also having a level of reuse that we can keep things going in the world. So number one, to make sure that more people have access, as well as having access in a way that's more sustainable. Amazing. And before I let you two both go and continue saving the world, would love to... um, let people know where they can find your work or if they want to follow you on social media, just some plugs at the end before we, uh, before we wrap up. And uh, obviously we'll put the uh, link to the sustainability report within this podcast. You can check that out in the description of the podcast, but uh, Crystal, Ashley, where can people find you and the amazing work that you're both doing? Oh, thanks so much. So um, on LinkedIn, I'm I'm very simple. I'm Crystal Wortham on LinkedIn and, and I'm at C. Wortham on uh, Instagram. So you can connect with me in either place to learn more about, especially on LinkedIn, to learn more about the things that we have going on at Meta and how we continue to accelerate our commitment moving forward. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah. And, and you can contact me um, at ashing, you know, dot Ryan at ogilvy.com very much at the sustainability practice. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. Pretty easy to find. I think on, on Twitter, I'm Ashling S. Ryan. And uh, uh, there aren't that many Ashling Ryans on Instagram. In fact, uh, you know, so you'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And, and as I mentioned, you can check out the 2021 sustainability report from Meta. Uh, in the description of this podcast. And thank you both so much for joining us on Brand Week, the podcast. Fantastic. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Brand Week, the podcast, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino and John Heil and edited by Lane McGibbony at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.